Welcome to uh, another week of the Sportsbet Football Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Jones. Joining me today, uh, we've got Kieran McCowan. And substituting in for uh, Dave McDonald, we have the one and only Ed Wyatt. A lot of people would say that that's like subbing in uh, Lionel Messi for Troy Deeney. And why is he not on the show regularly? Well, I, I agree as well. Uh, how are we, gentlemen? Very good. Thank you for that very lovely introduction, Oli. I don't know uh, if Messi is appropriate. Maybe Pele is probably more my uh, <laughs> yeah. a- age group. But Eusebio. You <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to be back in uh, such a steam company, Ed. Multi multi uh, award winning Ed Wyatt, probably the probably the probably one of the the, the most foremost names in Australian sports journalism of of. Of this decade, certainly, um, <laughs> certainly of the last few years. Um, Thank you. Not at all. Uh, just, I mean, these are solid. These are facts. Ed, this is just objectively true. Um, we'll jump into. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna have a uh, introduce a slightly new um, structure to the show uh, going forward. Uh, starting with uh, the world's smallest league. So every week. Uh, our two tipsters are going to go head-to-head, tipping correct score bets in each of the matches. And the winner is going to get three points for winning that round. And the loser will get uh, zero points. Much like the Premier League. You see where we're going with this? Uh, the winner of the competition at the end of the year will have a uh, a voucher for several hundred dollars to take their uh, loved one. Or just, you know, a esteemed colleague out for uh, a lovely seafood dinner in one of Melbourne's many... Uh, esteemed uh, eating spots, maybe a degustation uh, or yep, two. Very nice. Uh, and the loser has to take me out for dinner. Um, and I have to tell you, I am an obnoxious dinner guest and I will overorder and I'll get the most expensive wine. So uh, the stakes are relatively high. Um, with that said, we'll jump into uh, last week's matches and uh, a section we're going to call Did You See? Did You See, Kieran? the clip from the Manchester City documentary of Pep Guardiola giving his side the mother of all rev-ups ahead of a game against Chelsea last year. One of one of the most inspiring, amazing pieces of vision I've ever seen as a football fan. And that genuinely hurts coming from a Manchester United fan, as I am. Um, what did you make of it? Well, I didn't actually see it, to oh. be honest with you, first of all. But it does surprise me, actually, <laughs> when, when I... When I see Guardiola and, you know, his measured kind of analytical approach, I think the last thing I expect to see is, you know, behind the scenes that actually he's able to, I suppose, fire up, you know, his, his team like that. So, yeah, it's something that I'm definitely interested uh, to, to kind of see because obviously he's got more more than meets the eye. Well, I'll flick you the link after the show. Uh, thankfully, Ed and I watched this together so he can give his take on it. Um, what did yeah, you know it, Oh, yeah, look, Ollie, I, I, the thing for me that resonated was the fact that, you know, this is a team that everyone talks about being a silver spoon team and they've got all this money and, you know, this oil money that brings in every player they want. They're breezing through the Premier League. Uh, and this gets down and dirty and gritty, and he's just really, you know, he's uh, using profanity. He's just going at him, just trying to motivate him, saying, you haven't won anything yet. You need to work. I don't really give a damn what you've done so far. And I, I, that really was amazing to see because uh, we get a different image, like Kieran said, too, of this sort of dapper kind of guy uh, on the sidelines. But this was a real intensity that you could see him really trying to motivate these guys who are, you know, multimillionaires. Yeah, it was it was incredible vision. Um, and what struck me was that he was very much using the – external narrative about his team to sort of motivate them. He, the thing that he repeats um, a time and again is, uh, we are tired, sort of putting that in air quotes, and then 
then screaming, basically, fuck you. We are tired, yeah. fuck you. We are tired, <laughs> fuck you. We are champions. You are not champions yet, but we will be champions. We win this game, we are champions. Nobody can catch us. Um, it was electric. Um, speaking of uh, using external narratives to inspire you, perhaps that's how uh, Mr. Sergio Aguero um, got himself up for this weekend. He oh. Coming into the season, the conversation about Aguero was, uh, oh, you know, a waning talent, uh, someone who Man City would have to manage his minutes. Um, didn't look a single bit like that was the case. He was looked incredible at the weekend. And it made me think, uh, as, he, as he sort of knocked in his uh, hat trick, is it, is it the case that Aguero has been the best striker in the Premier League to watch since Thierry Henry? Um, the other ones that come close, maybe Drogba. Uh, Ronaldo at United was never really an out-and-out striker. He was incredible to watch, but often played more on the wing. Um, what do you think, gentlemen? Is Aguero one of the Premier League's all-time greats? We'll start with you, Kieran. He's certainly one of the all-time greats. There's definitely a bit of recency bias in this, given how well he did at the weekend. But the thing, <laughs> the thing with Aguero as well is there was never any doubt that you know when it comes to kind of you know putting a player on the pitch for ninety minutes. And hoping for goals, he will deliver per 90 minutes as good as anybody since since Henri. And, and one of the best in, in Premier League history. It's always been a case that relying on him to play the 30 plus games, you know, it, it's not going to happen for him. Certainly now kind of at 30 um, coming into the next few years. Certainly when it comes to home games, it seems that Guardiola, you know, is pretty much locked him in as the, as the centre forward. For away games, it might be a different kind of scenario where they're going for Jesus, um, given kind of what he can bring for away games, and then, you know, having Sterling or Mares or Sane around him. But in terms of if he starts a game for you, you're pretty surprised if he doesn't score these days. Yeah, it's uh, and it's rare that people have that kind of record in the Premier League. Looking at, you know, Ronaldo and Messi in Spain, you know, goal a game was kind of the going rate. No one's ever really managed to hit that kind of regularity um in the uk it's always in the premier league it's always been a uh, sort of goal every two every three has been a, considered a great return um uh, ed what's your take on uh, mr aguero uh, yeah, this yeah you're absolutely right about that rate of return it's it's good as anybody in the, in the uh, sort of premier league of recent times i mean the only guys i throw in there in terms of who i like to watch were you know rooney at his uh uh, prime, um, you know, maybe Robin Van Persie, you know, in sort of those, uh, you know, when he was on a roll. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against the the facts of what Aguero is doing. It was, I was really happy to see it. I mean, I'm not a Man City fan. I'm not even really an Aguero fan. But <laughs> I like the fact that when guys sort of get written off a little bit, like you're talking about, Ollie, that they can bounce back and, and still show that they've got it. So it was really, and look, they were, he played incredibly well. So it was great to see. I've um I've always enjoyed Robin van Persie as well. I quite liked how like upright he was, um, his sort of playing <laughs> style, and then good feet and sharp elbows, which um very similar to my own style. Um, uh, there was I was just trying to think if there's any others in that sort of period. Are we are we neglecting anybody here? Just don't talk about Robin van Persie to an Arsenal fan. That's the last thing you ever want to say. Yeah, well, stay. I'm I'm there with you. Uh, how about uh, yeah. how about Emmanuel Adebayor then? He's just a joke, really. That's all you can say about him. <laughs> uh, speaking of strikers performing admirably, uh, Glenn Murray um, was for Brighton just just 
absolutely terrorised United centre-halves during the weekend. His first goal, um, one of the more pieces... One of the one of the one of the more beautiful, insouciant pieces of of artistry that you will see this season. He beats uh, Lindelof to the front post, uses the pass, just the pace of the pass, and just with the outside of his right foot allows the ball to roll onto it, and just sort of glances it over De Gea's shoulder in a way that I think very few people could get away with. It was. One of the most beautiful goals I've ever seen. It was painful and it was wonderful at the same time. You know, those two, those two things, pain and joy, can go together, as we, as we know. I mean, there are people who make money who uh, manage to make a career out of bringing pain and uh, pain and pleasure together. Um, we don't know any of them, mind you. But... <laughs> Speak for yourself, um, Glenn Murray. Uh, so that goal, uh, wonderful, mm. but also. Um, did sort of highlight the centre-back woes that United are having. Um, as, a, as a Manchester United fan, I find it very, very difficult to um, give any credence to the view that uh, Lindelof and Bailly are United's first-choice centre-halves. I, um, I, I've i been a United fan for a long time, and I've, I've played centre-half for a while, and Chris Smalling, for me, has all of the attributes of a, of a world-class centre-half. He is unbelievably fast he is surprisingly strong he is one of the best athletes in the Premier League what he needs more so than anything else is confidence when he's up he is an absolute world beater when he's not he's almost a liability um is it a symptom of Mourinho's tenure that the players who need a bit more confidence are the ones who are failing and the ones that he's brought in, every single player he seems to have brought in, the less said about Fred, the better. His performance at the weekend was just terrifyingly bad. Um, what is it about Mourinho's inability to make talent better and to almost always bring down players who are the type of players who need a bit of confidence. What, was you, what did you make of the uh, Manchester United performance at the weekend, firstly, Ed? Well, I think Mourinho, there's a lot of dysfunction at Manchester United if you read uh, the media, and I read a fair bit of the media there. And I think this, we'll talk about this game later, but I think it's a really huge game for them this weekend. It's a really big test on the pitch and off the pitch in many ways. Uh, Fred was a bizarre signing from the very beginning. Uh, that one really puzzled me. Uh, a lot of stuff has coincided at the same time to here with this bizarre slump to where he's something like uh, of the last 14 shots he's faced on target, he's let 10 of them through. So it's this really odd sort of perfect storm, I think, for Manchester United. You and I watched that goal in the office probably five or six times sort of in slow motion and really marveled at it, Murray's goal. But you're right. The uh, defensive woes are a real issue and need to get sorted this weekend. So I'm not sure I answered the question, but I do think there's a real crucial period coming up for Mourinho uh, starting this weekend. Yeah, it's, it was. It's worth it's worth saying that the goal is the main thing to focus on here. Bye sort of leaves his man and comes hurtling out towards the sort of left corner flag. It's caught in no man's land, leaves Lindelof exposed. He gets beaten by Glenn Murray very easily. Um, yeah, but that touches. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. outrageous. What's your what's your take on the uh, current Manchester United situation, Kieran? Because uh, as an Arsenal fan, I'm sure it's one that you uh, relish. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk about Murray as well. To be yeah. honest with you, more than uh, more than United, but yeah, it's Man United over the last you know season or so. Certainly, when it comes down to what you would have expected them to have gotten for games versus what they did get. They were a chalk and cheese. Now, David De Gea was certainly 
keeping them in games. Um, in terms of the points they got last year, really you would have looked at them getting 10 to 12 points less than what they actually got through luck and through the best goalkeeper in the world. As Ed said as well, he is going through a slump right now as well. Do the, you think that comes back to the thing that I was talking about before in that he probably, he had a disastrous World Cup um, didn't look at all himself no. and has come back with his confidence rattled and mm. Mourinho isn't building that confidence up again. He's He looks like a man who needs an arm around his shoulder and says, hey, guess what? For the last three years, you've been the best goalkeeper in the world. It no could, one seems it could like well be that. true. Yeah. Um, certainly from outside the dressing room, which is all we can do, that makes that makes sense to me. That's That's logical. He did have a... You know, I thought he was the best goalkeeper in the world before the World Cup. You know, I still think he he probably is, but you can see that he's been really affected by it. He he was so bad in the World Cup in terms of, you know, penalties and being a goalkeeper who you'd like to face. David De Gea is, is up there right at the minute. He's got a terrible record against penalties. Um, and defensively, they, they look like they're going to concede. Um, certainly in terms of you know, a midfielder who you can kind of rely on defensively as well as the central defence. All of those guys that you talk about, Smalling, Jones, Bailly, Lindelof, they're all liabilities. You know, I worry massively for United making the top four this year. <laughs> okay, that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I, think I, I think I Freudianly hummed the death march there, um, which is slightly terrifying. Uh, Harry Kane finally scored in August, uh, get, turning to happier news. Uh, I think that's actually unnerving. Like, what was wrong with his previous seasons that he needed to score in August? What if he scores in August and now he doesn't score for the rest of the... You know, for, in every other month? Um, I don't know why this is a good thing. Um is that a monkey? Is that a monkey to get off his back, guys, or is that just you know two season, three season wonder? Harry Kane probably won't mean anything to him. Is that just an? Is that a story that exists outside him and nowhere else? Oh, it's just one of those. I think there's one of those quirky things: the fact that he never scored in August, and it was a very underrated goal, by the way. A nice little piece of uh, of footwork before he finished. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't read too much into it. I, I think. Uh, you know, I mean, Spurs fans are, uh, I think with them, they're not sure, Ollie, you're, they're probably more like you. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? But to me, you know, he, he had a pretty good World Cup and, and it's sort of just continuing and it uh, gets him off uh, off the mark and, and ready to roll. So the way they're playing, I, I've got no issue with it at all. Uh, speaking of good World Cups, Kieran Trippier's free kick, Kieran. Oh. Um, is that probably the best? Like that's a that's a team that goes deep in terms of uh, you know dead ball uh, specialists. Um, he's given you know t- to come into that team and to give uh, Ericsson the flick uh, and to and to <laughs> get your chance and then to convert in such spectacular fashion. What yeah. did you make of that one? He's a hugely important player for them now. You know, he was. I mean, Serge Aurier as as right backs go. He's a, he's a bit of a bit of a nutcase, but uh, he's a very good right back. I mean, Trippier over what he's done in the last, you know, obviously two two months has effectively cemented that place. He's great when it comes to assists, expected assists. And now to probably have usurped Ericsson as well is, is phenomenal. Although I can still see the situation where they, you know, go to Ericsson for some, go to, to Trippier for others. But yeah, like the the one in the World Cup w- was amazing as that goal at the weekend was as well. They were from very different... Um so the one in the World Cup was fairly close. This one much further out, and it's just a yeah sensational strike. Jump on your Optus Sports app again. Optus uh, doing a 
tremendous job with the mini matches and the, the review show, which mm. I watched for the first time this week, which is uh, bearable. Um, right, we'll jump into previews, <laughs> gentlemen. Um, we'll start with Wolves versus Man City. Uh, Man City, $1.22. Um, Kieran, explain this. It's Look, it's shorter than what I would like it to be I suppose it's, That's, it's, no I think it's amazing it's, 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 I think it's, it's an amazing odds. it's uh you know it's all about the wisdom of crowds here when it comes to actually putting the prices together City to be a dollar 22 away to who I would still consider to be a mid-table team says everything you need to know about Man City and how how good they are and how better for me they they look than any Premier League team we've seen I, I, do you mean this season so far, or do you mean? Ever? Well, I, I don't think any team in Premier League history, and I've thought about this a lot. I don't think any team would have gone off as short as a dollar twenty-two away to a very competent Wolves team. They are so much more competent than I thought they were going to be going into the season. They've played absolutely, they've played really decent football, and they've just been kind of unlucky those first two games. That you know the the two 0 loss to to Leicester, a Leicester side again who. Do look really good. Um, Did you see that game? They hit the woodwork Wolves probably five times. Yeah, yeah. It was Wolves could easily have, have, have won that game yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah look, they they you know they raced to the championship easily last year. They've got some money behind them. They're a big club. I, I agree with you guys. They're a very very competent team. I think mid table certainly for sure. Um, but yeah, I guess you know Man City. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, yeah, what are you ma- going to do? Exactly, it's amazing that I'm looking at that one dollar twenty-two. I don't. I typically won't bet on anything if if it's anything less than even money. But I'm considering just you know that that feels like that just feels like money anyway. Um, <laughs> it's not though. You've got to be not, careful at those prices. You do, you do, and gamble responsibly. Um, <laughs> that's right. Small incremental gains, um, Kieran. Yeah, um, we'll jump to Manchester United versus Tottenham. This is a this is a bit of a pick'em. United two fifty dollars. Uh, Tottenham 270, the draw no bet, um, which is always worth having a look at. Um, 175 to United, 195 to Tottenham. Um, I'm surprised that Tottenham are outsiders here. I feel like United, especially off the back of that result, were awful. But if there is one trick that Mourinho does seem to have in his uh, bag, it's a result against the bigger teams. Um, Kieran, how do you see this one going? Yeah, again, looking at the price and... What you've said there, you know, when it comes to Mourinho um, in these games, certainly at home in these games, I still think United have to be the the favourites for this one. And I think if it was, you know, in a draw no bet kind of a scenario, and let's say Man United were were slight underdogs, I think you would still be on value in that game. It's still a very very difficult place to go. Um, so yeah, it's you're right, Kieran. Not to interrupt, it's uh, they're the worst uh, performing team uh, at Old Trafford. They've lost more games to Old Trafford than any other Premier League team. They've yeah, got a horrific, it, horrific record there. Spurs. It goes. It comes back to the uh, that story that uh, I think it's Roy Keane that tells it. Um, one day, um, you know, they had Spurs arriving at, at, at Old Trafford, and Fergie walks into the dressing room for his uh, pre-match talk, and all he says is, "Boys, it's fucking Tottenham." <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right. I think they've only won two games ever at Old Trafford, so that that might help uh, sort of that as well. I think. Yeah. Well, I feel like the one ninety five there for them to uh, to better that is um, that's where my money would be going. Certainly. Anyway, uh, if just just quietly, if Spurs do win that, 
Um, does the pressure start to grow, Mourinho? Is it? Yeah, he's he's, he's already he's already yeah. favourite for um, for the sack race. Look, you know, I've I myself like I th- I thought Man United not to be in the top four. Um, at the end of the season, I think they were eleven to four, three dollars seventy five in, in decimal at the start of the year. I thought that was a cracking bet. I think the only doubt I would have about that winning is if Mourinho was not there. Mm. I think if Mourinho is still in charge, it's not going to get up. So I think the only chance United really have is if if he does go, and it just beggars belief, really. Um, you know his, his contract and the fact as well that Woodward and Mourinho they look to be completely you know. Mm. On, on different sides, yeah. they really do at this stage. Uh, if yeah. he go, if he goes, Ed, who is the um, who is oh. the favourite to replace him? Like, is there I, anyone out there at the minute? Well, there's actually know. in terms of the odds, Zidane is is, is the favourite, and, and Conte oh. as well is uh, is right up there as well. So they're the two. There fans. you go. I mean, Zidane. Mm. Um, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't trust Zidane for that for that role either. So a, a, a man with sort of wow. very, very scant experience, and and you know. Won a Champions League in much the same way that um, you know Di Matteo, Di Matteo did, and mm. like uh, his his managing career not exactly uh, <laughs> uh, hasn't gone exactly just from strength to strength. Um, Jesus, is there no like is there no like German lower leagues type bloke in the offing? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, this this Nagelsmann guy who's uh, who's thirty years of age, and you know, he's the you know next big manager is I suppose what what. They're all saying the experts in Europe, you know, he could certainly, when it comes to one of these roles, be right up there. I mean, there was talk for him going to Real Madrid in the summer, but he actually wanted to hold off and kind of complete the job that he's doing at Hoffenheim. So he might be one of the next kind of big things. But we've seen guys like this before. Vias Boas was, what, 34 mm. when he, t- he took over. Um, his career hasn't really gone as he expected. Is he, as well. Where's he at Mar- Moscow now? Yeah, he's in he's in Russia. I'm pretty sure he's still there. He's a very handsome man. I um, once bumped into him on the tube uh, in London. That's another story, and not an entirely entertaining one. So I'll uh, move on. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's have a look. Arsenal West Ham. We've got Arsenal at dollar thirty three. West Ham eight fifty. Um, Five dollars the draw. Uh, it goes to show how what dire straits West Ham are in. That a team that hasn't won mm. yet. Uh, yeah, a dollar thirty-three. Um, they are at home, um, and to be honest, I thought could very well have um, beaten Chelsea at the weekend. They seem to. I think they made three uh, xgs expected goals in the first half alone. Um, just couldn't finish them. Unbelievable. Um, what do you? How do you see this one, Ed? Is this? Uh, oh, yeah, the finishing was just extraordinarily poor. It was unbelievable. Um, look, yeah, I, I mean, I think if you look at it, you know, there's two teams that need a win. You know, they're, they're desperate for a win. And one team is clearly better than the other one. If you just want to take it down to the simplest form. Um, that's what that's betting what is at. Let's do exactly. That. And Arsenal is, you know, to me, have played the first game against Manchester City. All right. what do you, you know, you can take what you want out of that. Last week against Chelsea, they played two very difficult teams. Uh, I thought there were some really good signs. The defense is still a little bit shaky, but there's definitely some goals there. I can't see them losing this game. That's my gut feeling. And uh, is there any case for the dis- is there any case for the opposite here, Kieran, or are you on the? <sighs> well, uh, as, a, as an Arsenal or? fan, you're not going to um, get much kind of subjectivity, but yeah, look, <laughs> I, I think I think Arsenal certainly they showed attacking wise last week that. You know, these are the kind of games last year that Arsenal were going through teams like West Ham. I see no reason why they're not going to do it again. West Ham themselves have been poor in the opening couple of games. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect that, you know, Aubameyang's finishing last week was the most un-Aubameyang finishing I think I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I, I could I could see him scoring two or three against um, a defence as bad as I think West Ham's is. I think Arsenal are, are bankers for this one. Okay, that's well, well, that's comprehensive from both of you. I can't think that I can. <laughs> I, I don't think I can disagree there at all. I think West Ham are a fucking omni shambles. Um, <laughs> right, Newcastle West Ham. Newcastle five dollars. The draw three seventy five. Chelsea one sixty two. Uh, the juiciest odds I think of the top six this week. Um, that isn't playing another one of the top six. Um, uh, Newcastle have looked not great in their opening few games and Chelsea seem to be coming to terms with Sarri Ball. Um, I, I'm I'm very quickly falling in love with Sarri, um, other than the uh, chewing of the <laughs> cigarette butts, which is uh, <laughs> fucking rank. Um, I that like t-shirt, his... That T-shirt is not great either. But that's say? what I love. Like, he just looks yeah. like... He he looks like every every yeah. coach I had growing up who like yeah. you know the, the type of bloke that you liked but you also knew that you never wanted to see their criminal record. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah, yeah like, I will uh, give you that. I'm never going to get um, too close to you. I'm just going to respect you from afar. And the we- uh, yeah, no, you're right. Interesting. This is uh, Kennedy with one end, as I like to call him, the man missing an end. On loan from Chelsea, and he, he looked pretty good in the first game, but had a shocker last week with the kicking the guy, and then he missed the penalty, and he just was absolutely—I think he didn't complete a pass till yeah, the ninetieth minute. Or that's something, right. Wasn't the fr- it? Yeah, in the first half, he was the first player in eight years since Nikola Kalinic um, of World Cup infamy walking out in Croatia. Um, the first player not to complete a pass in eight years. That's how bad he was. <laughs> I can, what is the what is the everyday equivalent of that? Like, how bad is that? At, like, at, at my job, like you know, I have to send usually about fifty tweets a day. How many? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like failing to send a single tweet. Yeah, it's just uh, I yeah, it's belief. crazy. Yeah, it certainly does. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm sorry, Ollie. He's very entertaining. Uh, they're playing with um, they're playing with this real sort of elan. You know, they're just uh, really uh, uh, an interesting team to watch. I think they'll be okay in this one. I, I actually, I actually think uh, you know Newcastle obviously tough place to to play. Great crowd, but uh, yeah, I think Chelsea are going to be all right in this one. I don't know if you missed that, uh, Kieran, but. Uh... Ed clearly channeling uh, Brendan Rodgers there, use, use of the word Elan. <laughs> and the pronunciation as well. Good. Uh, no, but he pronounced it fabulously in his, yeah. in his uh, wonderful uh, Portland draw. Uh, is there anything that um, anything you can say for either of these sides? Is this just going to be another routine sort of win? Well, the good thing about Chelsea is they're, they're anything, I suppose, but routine that they've looked over the last few years as well. It, very interesting system. Um, I would have thought that Kante is the most kind of nail down defensive midfielder that you can you can ever find and, and the best in the world is position he's playing effectively as a right winger or a right midfielder anyway getting forward box scoring box goals assists mm. completely unexpected from him and you know even you look at the formation Alonso is as attacking as he was as part of a you know effectively as a wing back in the, the three man defence that Conte had he's getting forward they're just a very exciting team to watch which yeah. Chelsea never yeah. have been so um, yeah. in, in games like this as well with Newcastle, they've they can uh, they they lose by one goal uh, against the top six at home quite often. Um, they also had some good performances at home last year as well. 
Chelsea to win by a goal, I reckon in this game here, is probably a good bet that um, I think Chelsea will end up winning the game. And uh, Jorginho as well. Oh, he's one of those players who I'm, I will admit that I didn't know too much about him before he came to Chelsea. Um, and watching him play makes me regret that. I, could, I wish I'd been watching him for, for years. He's uh, what a player. Um, just one of those blokes who can just sort of run a game off his off his left peg. Left peg or right peg? I haven't obviously been paying that much attention. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on to our last game to preview. Uh, Liverpool versus Brighton. Uh, Liverpool winks like odds here. $1.12. Brighton, $14. Um, probably fair enough. Um, although, you know, $14 off the back of a Man United victory. Um, can they turn this fairy tale into a two-game fairy tale? Uh, Kieran, we'll start with you here. Very, very difficult to see. Um, these were the type of games, I suppose you would have said last last year, that Liverpool were, were, well, they were scoring many goals against the bottom type of sides. There was a nil all also thrown in there. Um, I remember Liverpool did towards the end of the season, but yeah, it's very hard to not see Liverpool with that added kind of key to element as well. The fact that Robertson, Alexander-Arnold are just getting forward at will. Like it's the year of the attacking fullbacks, you know, with Mendy and guys like that with, with City as well. It's very hard not to see Liverpool with the attacking threat they have to not score a few goals here. Yeah. Mendy, uh, just entirely off topic, but Mendy. <laughs> um, that was... Uh, you know, entirely inarticulate, but also almost. <laughs> I feel like almost exactly accurate. Ed, do you see? Um, yeah, is, is there any no. way Liverpool lose this? I can't add much more to what Kieran said, other than of course you've got Matt Ryan there uh, in goal for Brighton, the Aussie who was really uh, big last week, made a couple of really key saves, but I don't think even he's going to be able to keep uh, that Liverpool attack from uh, doing its thing. They're they're really. Highly entertaining to watch. I hate to admit it again, like Chelsea, but I enjoy watching them play. <laughs> I guess as you get older, sometimes your passion fades away and you just tend to enjoy the games a bit more. But it's been really highly entertaining watching Liverpool the first couple of weeks. I think more so it's just your partisanship is fading and actually the thing that's growing yeah. is your passion, your passion for the game, Ed, and that's a laudable trait. Thank you very much. I think we should. <laughs> Thank you. I think, I Thank think that's you. something we should all uh, seek uh, to... Um... I'm going to put that on my Twitter uh, 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 profile right now. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually think Brighton might not maybe get a result, but I think they'll score. Um, I'm looking at that $7 draw. This might just be a typical sort of Liverpool burst out the gates and then they have an instant misfire. Um, that's the narrative that I'm hoping for. I actually think they'll probably win this game fairly <laughs> yeah. comfortably. Right, gentlemen, I'll have uh, one best bet from each of you for the uh, for each of the top six matches. Not for each of them, for any of the top six matches. Um, we'll start with you, Ed. Um, who do you like yep. and why? I'm going with a halftime, full-time result, Chelsea to lead at halftime and win over Newcastle. $2.60. I like that a lot, Ed. Kieran? I just like that. I'm going to go with Arsenal to win against West Ham and both teams to score, given how defensively shambolic mm. Arsenal have been as well. $2.40. Yeah, it's good. I like that. Very nice. Okay, now, gentlemen, I'm just going to get a correct score bet from uh, each of you for the entire round, and these will be the thing that then governs the world's smallest league. Um, 
which we talked about off the top of the show. Uh, and you have David's. He's sent you those yes. by, by fax, I believe. Um, so <laughs> he uh, did. you know, Pid carrier pigeon, actually. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see that we're moving with the times um, faster <laughs> than the MBN. Still, um, if you, <laughs> you feel free to give your comments on any of these, I if will. you think he's yep. if he's way off the mark. Yep. Okay, we'll start with Wolves Man City. Um, uh, Dave, you- Dave is four one city, and I sort of concur with that. I'm going to go with 2-0 City. Okay. And then Southampton Leicester? Uh, Dave is 2-1 Leicester. I'm actually, I think Southampton will win it, but he's 2-1 Leicester. I'm going to go with 1-0 to Leicester on this one. Okay. Arsenal West Ham? Uh, Dave is 2-1 Arsenal, and I think that's probably not bad. Maybe a little couple more goals for the Gunners. Uh, Cherries versus the Toffees. Well, I'll give you my Arsenal first. Oh, we got it. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, I'll go four-one Arsenal in this one. Uh, apologies, jumping the gun there. The, uh, the cherries versus the toffees. Yep, Dave has gone one-one there. I also think it's a draw, and I do need to give a shout out to Richarlson. He's been great. Three goals in two games. And for me, it's Bournemouth one, Everton two. Uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff. Uh, Dave has gone nil-nil there. I actually think Huddersfield. Personally, I think they may sneak a win. Yeah, I reckon this is probably, on paper, the worst Premier League game of all time. I'm, I'm going to go nil all as well. And I reckon I reckon nil all is going to be a brilliant tip as well. Dead set might be. The only thing to turn in for tune in for there is sightings of the uh, the Cardiff City um, owner wearing his trousers yes. up to his armpits. Yeah. Um, Harry high pants. Harry high pants. What a, I mean, what a look. What a stone cold. Solid. I mean, like. That is the confidence of a man of a man with billions in the bank, and he's just like, <laughs> do you know what? I yep. I literally give zero fucks. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, Liverpool Brighton. Uh, Dave has gone six nil Liverpool. You can tell who the Liverpool fan is there. Yeah, t- he's a Liverpool t- supporter. <laughs> Three nil Liverpool for me. Uh, Watford also quietly playing extremely uh, well. Crystal Palace, this could be a great game. Just, yeah, they're, just they're playing great football. And just quietly, I have an old Watford uh, jersey somewhere in the house that I will dig out and wear if they win this really ugly phones for you jersey. Um, Dave, Dave <laughs> has 2-2 on this one. I'm going to go 2-1 for Palace, who I still think are a, a much better team than Watford. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. Quite possibly. Uh, Fulham, Burnley. Yeah, interesting game. Dave's gone 3-1 Fulham here. Okay, yeah, 2-0 for me. Burnley also coming back from their Europa League qualification. Um, they, played uh, last, they played last night and lost. And obviously Burnley scoring goals is hard at the best of times. So I think this is a, a banker as well, Fulham 2-0. Yep. Uh, Newcastle-Chelsea. Yep, Dave has gone 1-1 on that one. I think Chelsea will win, but he's gone 1-1. 2-1 Chelsea for me. And uh, the underperforming Manchester United versus the yep. Tottenham Hotspurs. Dave has gone two-one in favour of Spurs in this one. And I sat on the fence at one all. Oh, you coward! Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're only a coward unless it gets off. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much for that. Um, we'll be back next week, uh, hopefully with uh, David back. But if not, Ed, your um, if you're free to deputise, that would be uh, very much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure, Ed. Um, oh yeah also gamble responsibly always bet within your means and all that stuff <laughs> it's very serious and and I mean yes. it you won't be having fun if you're not gambling responsibly thank you very much Bye. good stuff good stuff